welcome to episode two of Soundcheck. To be honest, I didn't even think we'd make it this far, but we've done it anyways. I am your co-host, Andrew Mullen, my co-host right here. Elio. And then we've got our guest, Hunter Dode. And today we are talking about grunge. Specifically, how do you define the genre of grunge? Because this is something I've had an issue for quite a bit, you know, like how do you define, I guess it's sonically, maybe even lyrically, and you know, I guess the whole mood of the genre as well. Just trying to get like pinpoint to something that we can describe as grunge. Specifically, what bands could be associated with that genre? I think that should be a pretty interesting discussion. So, uh, first of all, I want I want to talk, take it to our guests first. Uh, what uh, kind of music a do you listen to? And to you, what comes to mind when you hear the term grunge? So I myself, I listen to a lot of grunge and uh, metal. Um, when bands that come to my mind when I hear grunge is uh, obviously Nirvana. You get the Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, bands like that. A lot of angst-filled lyrics, uh, songs, dark songs circling around suicide, depression, and you know, drug use, things like that. So what's interesting to me when I hear that, you can attribute a lot of what you just said to punk music. Here's the thing. So this is this is kind of where we get to it because a lot of the bands you hear uh, in grunge can be attributed to the punk genre in one way or form. A lot of the bands you hear in what's considered labels grunge can be attributed to metal. Um, I've even you know even a lot of the female oriented uh, grunge bands have even been lumped in with like the whole riot girl scene, which is a, another you know topic we won't be getting into right now. But how do you pinpoint all these different sounding bands to one genre is what confuses me. I think that that was also the problem that I had is that I, before the show, I looked up what grunge was and there was no like one thing that grunge had that tied it all together. It just kind of listed bands and sort of stylistic similarities that sort of all the bands had, and I, I couldn't find anything that was, like, purely grunge. So, to me, I think the how the, the term grunge, you know, came about, like, what, you know, like, attitudes, you know, are associated with that term. I think a lot of it, A, because a lot of the bands that we talked about, you know, Nirvana, Soundgarden, even Mudhoney, if you want to touch there as well, um, a lot of that stuff is kind of almost kind of a reaction to, like, all the hair metal that was being played um, the mid and late 80s and even a bit into the early 90s you know a lot of that you know all this super sugary highly produced you know hairspray coated nonsense you know all that stuff was there and obviously grunge presented a much darker alternative you know in a mainstream context than that genre was given so i think a lot of people wanted to associate that mood that you know the darkness as you'd mentioned you know whether it be about drug use or depression or whatever they associated that darkness with uh the the genre, you know, quote-unquote genre of grunge, my issue with that is that's how you describe a mood or a lyrical topic. And while certainly those things can be, you know, key cornerstones of genres, you I don't think you can define a whole genre around a mood or a lyrical theme, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, for grunge, I see it more as, it's kind of like a subculture, and it comes from, mm-hmm. the, it's got the punk roots and punk background, but it's I really see it more as a culture than a genre, because... Mm-hmm. I mean, when you associate to grunge, it's the culture of what they talk about. Well, yeah, but, you know, I think, but if you want to talk about punk, you know, punk, you know, is a subculture in and of itself. And granted, there's lots of different, you know, subgenres and even subcultures <laughs> in punk. But when you think of punk, 
you certain musical characteristics bands come to mind you know okay you know three you know you know you know power chords you know it's very simple simple uses of those you know you think of a lot of you know maybe melody for certain bands maybe not so much melody for others but generally you think you think of lyrical things but you you can think of some particular music elements to there with with grunge especially when you start thinking of like all the different bands there like nirvana does sound quite a bit different than Alice in Chains when you dig into it. I think I think one of the things that you hit on earlier that I definitely didn't think about is that grunge, um, it sounds like it's all recorded just in one track, whereas you can it it, it sounds like it's coming right from somebody's garage almost, and it, it's really simple simple recording, even though bands have one or two two or three guitars well, tracks but i mean it's really case. i know it's not always the case but i've i've always pictured that as sort of like the grunge staple to to a sound i mean mm-hmm. nirvana clearly sounds like that yeah early pearl jam sounds like that before they sort of go into the different areas out the early Alice in chains pretty much sounds mm-hmm. like that there's not like an overproduction on on all these bands well, yeah, certain, certainly, but even then, when, as you as you move on, like Pearl Jam got really good production as they went on, especially like when you get to like super unknown of you know Soundgarden, you you can't say that that production isn't like it's not like super clean, but it's it's far far from am- amateurist at all. So they, they, a lot of these bands did end up getting you know major label contracts and whatnot so i I, and granted that that's more the case with a lot of you know i guess smaller genres to get big so i'm not going to discredit that that can't be a common theme within the genre my whole thing is that i don't think you can define a genre based on a mood because then you have alice in change who i consider a sludge metal band being compared to mud honey lumped in the same as mud honey you know uh which is essentially a punk band really when you you get down right to the roots of it. Oh, they covered punk songs in the early days. Um, and then, you know, and then I even saw, like, the Melvins earlier being thrown in there. I mean, that's, like, okay, I guess that kind of fits with House and Change as far as, I guess, they're kind of sludge metal, too. But they're still sound two very different kind of sludge metal bands. Lumping all these bands together is my big issue with that definition. Yeah, uh, a lot of times, like you said, grunge is just thrown... People are thrown into grunge based on their lyrics. Well, and- I think people just assume... Any alternative band from the '90s are yep. grunge, like, which is a preposterous. Like, I know you were talking like Smashing Pumpkins were thrown in those lists. Like, get, like what we're gonna stop? Are you gonna put the Pixies there? Are you gonna put the Breeders for Christ's sakes in there as well? Like, the Breeders would not fit in that genre at all. So it's just kind of like, where do you? And you can't even put it by decade because a lot of the bands that are considered grunge. You know, the traces of I guess what we today would consider grunge were found in the late '80s with, you know, Green River, Mother Love Bone, and Mud Honey and even Soundgarden because they Soundgarden was very different when they first started. Uh, should be noted, all those were like the trailblazers of what we consider today as the grunge scene during that time in the early '90s. Well, Hunter, do you think do you think that there is besides I guess where you said earlier, it's you think it's more of a culture that sort of ties grunge all together? Do you think there's another thing that sort of like best pinpoints what it might also be in terms of I, I guess the style of the singers or some sort of guitar playing or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the mumbled lyrics, 
and uh, distorted guitars or dirty guitars, they say. And then like in songs, specifically by Nirvana, they are uh, soft verses and then on the choruses, it's a lot of yelling. And I think that's that's kind of a grunge staple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause see, I, I see that. Yeah, a little bit in uh, terms of like the bands that they want to describe as certain grunge. musical traits, and there, there there does tend to be a lot of distortion with these um, uh, the guitars in this genre. I I won't deny that at all. And there are certain common characteristics of grunge when it comes to the music. But then again, if we're com- looking at all laying out all the bands that have normally lumped in with that genre do tend to see a lot of diversion. Again, not to say there has been diversion within genres or even subgenres before. Queen and Led Zeppelin are considered classic rock, yeah, but that, arena that's, rock. But even, you know that that's a, a, like a really you know broad term. And even when we look at something like hard rock, though, while that is a broad term, you tend to, like if we're talking about 70s hard rock, okay, Aerosmith, ACDC, you know, even Led Zeppelin at times, you know, Granted, are do they sound pretty different? Yeah, but there are common musical elements in between each of those bands. There, I don't think there are as many common elements being traced through like Soundgarden and Nirvana, Mudhoney, and Alice in Chains, and even L Seven. Like you can, you can give when when it comes to a point where like within a genre, you can easily put like put all these bands to like five different other genres. I think that's when you come to a point when you're trying to define these these bands i think it might be because grunge really heavily borrows from punk like you said earlier and metal but then you could say maybe it might be the the quality of the singers you know it's very it's very much almost like a deeper resonance of the voice and sort of like gritty singing that's not true that's because they like Eddie Vedder and look, even if you look at like Eddie Vedder and Lance Sailor, they have similarities, but those are two very different styles of singing. Like, you know, Cornell very, did a very different style of singing than C- Cobain ever did, you know. And while, okay, Scott Wilde perhaps not the most original singer when you look at the other grunge contemporaries, you know. And obviously, singers are going to have their distinct voices, of course, but like, when I don't even know, I don't know if I can give credence to that because there's so many different styles. Of singing, and while they all fit with the bands they, um, they they sang for for sure, like you know Chris Cornell is a perfect fit for Soundgarden, obviously. But then trying, to, I guess my whole thing is trying to put all that together in one genre. I don't agree with. Yeah, I could see where you're coming from with that. Really, I mean, I listen to a lot of grunge, but I consider Nirvana. Some of their music's more punk than grunge. Like you said earlier with uh, Alice in Chains, mm-hmm. same as they got more of the sludge metal and. It's just a tough thing to pinpoint. Well, well, obviously, in somewhere in your head, you're trying, you're, you are distinguishing between what Nirvana songs are punk, which Nirvana songs yeah. are, you know, grunge, quote unquote. <laughs> what to to you? What do you? Maybe not even just with Nirvana, just in general. Like when you hear something, okay, this this is a punk song, but this is grunge, or this is metal, and this is grunge. Like, how do you make that distinction in your head? Um, for grunge, I know I really look at how, how it, the singer goes about singing and the lyrics for example on uh, in utero by nirvana mm-hmm. there's milk it the way kirk Cobain he does a lot of screaming and just the way it's like angst filled, it just reminds me of a grunge theme. 
Because you know what the weird thing is, is that you could listen to a song and say, that's grunge, like that's a grunge sound. But then when you try and figure out what's making it grunge, you have no idea. Like, <laughs> See, then that's the issue. <laughs> I, I know, but, but, what, but what Hunter's saying is that he knows which songs are grunge from Nirvana and which ones aren't. But then when you try and get yeah. into it, it, it doesn't quite make sense. I mean, even then, I like if you tell me, okay, why are the Ramones punk? Okay, certainly I can point to the lyrics. You know, a lot of the apathy, lots of um, just kind of like a whatever kind of attitude. Um, it even comes with the playing. But you know, you got those three way power chords. You got um, you got the really simplistic playing style. Got a lot of repeated verses and choruses. A lot of those I could point to say, no, those are attributes to punk rock. Like. Can you, when it comes to the musical aspects of it, certain things may come up, yeah, for grunge, but I don't think there isn't as a hard depth defined term, like defined set of like music characteristics that like, okay, this, this, and this makes this grunge. Man, I was I was just trying to think of something that maybe we could agree on for grunge, but I, I, Wait, well, no, I don't know. Here's what I can agree on. <laughs> I, can we all agree on this? That grunge, the lyric topics discussed are pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and there's usually a lot of darkness around me with that genre. Guess you just lean to like the next part of this discussion. Kind of want to talk about, I guess, like the big five of grunge and how maybe these, maybe we can use that to narrow down some sort of definition. If you look at all, look at all the singers for the big five, who I would consider to be Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and Stone Temple Pilots. How many of those lead singers are alive today? One. Yeah, you yeah. only got Eddie Vedder. You only got Eddie Vedder. And due to combination of suicide and depress and you know drug overdose, you, there is a there is an overall darkness in this genre. If we're if we're gonna call it a genre, and if you look at the lyrics, you can understand why. I mean, and even then, like Dirt and One, if you look at those albums, as to me, as far as mainstream records go, those are probably the darkest, some of the, the most you know depressing records you'll ever listen to. But yeah, there. I think that I can certainly agree on that there is a darkness with these bands and these lyrics. Then where do you go musically is the question I'm posing. Yeah. So let's start with uh, start with Pearl Jam because they're always the the one. They're almost like the one grunge band that everybody's like, oh yeah, that's that's clearly grunge. Yeah. Same thing but even then, they have a lot of characteristics of. Again, we're going to throw another uh, broad term: classic rock. I guess you can you can see a lot of those characteristics, especially when they. Um, even even starting in their first album, like they had a lot of those kind of characteristics. Um, but yeah, no, certain aspects, like again, the topics being discussed. You know, there's there there are talks of war, suicide. Um, but if you get into the meaning of life, but <laughs> we, we you know you had that conversation earlier. If you don't know, look it up on your own time with uh, discretion. Take care. Take, take care, care. Looking up that one. Uh, do, do you know what we're talking about? No. Okay, again, we'll, well, we'll have to talk later. It's okay. <laughs> so, but then obviously you get to once, and that's about like a serial killer going around shooting people. It's it's a depressing album, and that and again you mentioned loud distorted guitars. You have some of that earlier. At times they do kind of go for the somewhat of the soft first loud chorus in some of their songs. Like live kind of does that if you look at ten. There's so there are some characteristics, but then. We might compare it to the other ones. I think that's where you get some of the discussion out of it. So, what about Pearl Jam? Do you think makes them grunge? I personally see Pearl Jam as more of a rock band, glorified rock band, than a grunge band. So, how come? I don't know. I just their later music sounds more 
like rock music mm-hmm. than the typical grunge. Well, 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 grunge is just a, if we're going to call this a genre, just another subgenre of rock, wouldn't yeah. you say, or even alternative rock. Yeah. Um, was there anything in their other career that made you made them stand out as more of a grunge band? Would would you say? Personally, I really I'm I know they're considered grunge, but the only reason I would think of it is Eddie Vedder's voice and early careers. He's got the the mumbled voice. Like so, either grunge has to be kind of like screaming voices or mumbled That's singing how I to see kind it. of be considered part of the grunge scene. What I mean, about not, you? Not what necessarily, you but yeah, no, no I. I definitely agree with that. There's definitely a quality to to, to the vocals that mm-hmm. makes a grunge. But then early in Pearl Jam's career, they also have very much more of like a tuned down guitar. It's much more yeah. riffs instead of a, an, an intricate guitar part, whereas some other grunge bands really are just relying on real easy, simple riffs to go So, about. So do you think that's something that defines grunge, the riffs? That might be. You know, it's, I mean, this is this is good though. I mean, this is why I want to have this part in here because I think it helps kind of define certain characteristics. Because that I can kind of, I mean, like so, again, sometimes you do get bands, you know, like like a lot of Nirvana stuff was more, like especially when you look at Nevermind was more power chord oriented. But no, but even then, what's the most famous song? It smells like Teen Spirit, and that's just a riff song. That that's a riff song. So that I can actually agree on. I think like having a riff oriented rock. Being that part of a musical trait, I think that could be something that could define its grunge. What do you think? Yeah, I could see that. Yep. I mean, especially with, like you said, it smells like Teen Spirit. That blew up the grunge scene, that whole mm-hmm. album, knocking off Michael Jackson in 91 as the number <laughs> one album. Like, yeah. It really took the world by storm. I guess then we'll just jump into Nirvana now. I mean, what do you think makes them grunge, if, if we're going to call them grunge? Um, when you go to their first album, Bleach, mm-hmm. a lot of their songs, they got more meaning behind it especially with, like, the song about a girl. Nobody knew of it until uh, they did their little MTV spiel, yeah. and it blew up. Like, what did you say before you played that? It's like, um, just off the first album, you probably haven't heard it. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> but, yeah, they, you know, then they go into, I think their second album, which in Nevermind is more of a punk album than a yeah. grunge album. Um, how come? Just like you said, the power chords, and then even Cobain said the same thing. It sounds more of a punk album, which they didn't want. Well, a lot of those guys are growing up on grunge. Like, uh, one of Dave Grohl's first bands was not Nirvana. Like, the first, I think the first band he joined was a punk band called Scream. And he played, of course, he played drums for that band, but you know, he, that was like his favorite band at the time. And he really wanted to be part of Scream. So that's, so he, he got, when he first started playing in music, that's where, that's the world he entered first, not the Seattle scene. I'm sure a lot of those guys started out in punk. Oh yeah, but then, but then Soundgarden be- started as a punk punk band. Yeah, so so I think that's that's another thing that sort of ties all these bands together is that yeah, part of it is that they all sort of have like a punk background and they all incorporate parts of punk into the elements of the band. Can you hear that in every one of these bands? I mean, not in every single one, but I mean, it's a common thread to parts. I can to, I can see most that. of them. Even when you jump into like some of the smaller ones, like L Seven, like I think you can call them kind of metal but you also can claim they're kind of part of hardcore punk as well you know so i think that's an interesting point to make um but then we get to i guess alice and change like another one of those bands i like i said earlier i think of them more as a metal band than even a grunge band nowadays see i've always thought of nirvana and alice and chains as to me they've always been the two quintessential grunge bands. how come because Alice in Chains definitely has more of the slow riff-based songs, 
It's much more of that same low resonance vocals, a lot more of the dark lyrics mm-hmm. to them. I've always thought of them more as grunge, and, but they definitely verge into sludge metal too. That's what I would typically put on them is sludge metal. If I had to pick a genre for them, that's where I would go. Um, do you think Staley's vocals had, you know, really maybe any def- any sort of influence on how why people make it to them grunge? Because he has that really distinct, like, yeah, kind of vocals. <laughs> yeah, the one song that really sticks out to me is Nutshell. Uh, yeah. It's a slower song, and he's mm. really got, like, the singing into it, and it's got that same, it's like, it's got the sound that people correlate with grunge. Yeah. Uh, and, and also influence a lot of those I'm using this in our codes because I hate this term almost just as much as I hate the term grunge, post-grunge. You know, a lot of those bands, you, you hear a lot of those kind of styles in like um, Scott Stapp, which I won't. Scott Whalen does it too. I mean, yeah. they got I mean, a lot of those post-grunge voices. bands kind of did have the, and just those, even a lot of modern rock do take a lot of the traits of the, the yeah kind of vocals that, you know, Staley does. But, but it's funny you mentioned, you mentioned... We, both, we talked about riffs earlier. The song that came to mind, funny enough, and how we can tie the whole mood of grunge to riffing of was is the self-titled song off of their Dirt album. That oh, has yeah, a really yeah, like yeah, trippy yeah. Okay, nah, psychedelic. <laughs> it's like a really trippy psychedelic riff. It, it is kind of like a sludge metal riff, but it's so disturbing and just terrifying because the song's about Staley going through this absolutely like demonstrous drug trip where he's thinking about like suicide and like but no that's what the song is and the the riff matches that mood it, it really adds the effect of holy crap what is this terrifying thing I'm listening to it's cool sounding but it's also not a particularly pleasant song to listen to but I don't mean that in a bad way and I think it, I think if we want to talk about riffs I think that's an interesting way how the music kind of also correlates with the overall mood of the genre. So I think, which might be able to help out define it. And then, who else did we mention? Um, oh yeah, Soundgarden. Soundgarden's the weird one out of all of these, because they have... They have a lot of like influences from like Led Zeppelin and whatnot. They have like six or so minute songs, which is not something you're going to get out of, you know, punk music and stuff. Yeah, they... They're, they're the ones that I always found sort of more on the weird side of why you put them as grunge. They're more of a hard rock band. I, I kind of think of more as a straightforward hard rock band. Yeah, I, I agree with you there on that. I'm, they got some grunge to it, but... Well, what, what, what songs would you consider of theirs grunge? I really... One song I particularly like is Beyond the Wheel. It's not grunge, in my opinion. It's got, it's got the darker lyrics mm-hmm. and it's just a weird, dark meaning What about Fall on Black Days? Not really big on that song. You don't like for whoa, okay, <laughs> whoa, okay. Now we got some serious disagreement. I love that song, but like I think when we talk about that one, I, I think lyrically, certainly, I think that matches a lot of the characteristics. You do have that kind of somber note with the guitars and whatnot, and you have that, you know, with the singing, and then obviously there's points where they raise the volume again, soft to loud. Another characteristic right, right. of there, but again, the lyrics as well. I mean, they talked about like how he would barely leave his house for a year, Chris Cornell, because of his, you know, just real lack of like, you know, recklessness and uh, depression and whatnot. So I think, I think to me, when I think of grunge, that's one of the songs I think of is Fallen Black Days. So, but that's just me at least. And then Stone Temple Pilots, kind of a mishmash of all the They're kind of, yeah, they kind of throw in a bunch of the elements, but then they're, they're more of like the, the afterthought. Yeah. Of course, you know. lots of songs about drug addiction. They obviously, yeah. just got something Scott Weiland certainly did not have a, a lack of experience with, unfortunately. Um, right. do, does anything about them scream grunge to you, or do you think of more as hard rock, maybe even metal? 
Yeah. Maybe, yeah, like you said earlier, kind of maybe a little bit of post-grunge with them. And not really grunge to me. More, like you said, rock. They got the deeper riffs on certain songs. I know it's just tough to pinpoint, like you said, that with the well, whole idea. Yeah, and I've never really thought of Sun Temple Pilots as, as grunge. Like, I mean, they, they can be put into post-grunge and then later just more hard But they're rock often thrown in with that mix, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think they're I think, considered one of like the faces of that genre. I think it's I think that's more just because they sort of came around the same time almost and they were just one of those one of the bands that made it popular because they had good songs. Well they, no they, they especially it. those first two albums were fantastic. But it's yeah. funny because um they're one of those bands that like critics at first hated because they said they sounded when they first came out with core, they said that they sounded too much like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden Nirvana one. They said sounded too much like the other grunge bands of their times. So they 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 tend to have gotten a lot of flack for that. So so they're they are associated with them. They do have a lot of similarities with the other bands. Just like why it makes them not grunge, but something like mm-hmm. Nirvana like is. But now um, we get to the album portion of our show. So for those who don't know, we try to we talk about a topic and then we pick an album that we feel represents that topic to that. So Hunter here helped us today and to pick that album. And what did you pick? In Utero by Nirvana. And why'd you pick this album as like an overall good example of what the grunge genre is? From top to bottom, it's got it's got all like the characteristics we talked about. Mm-hmm. It goes with uh, angst-filled lyrics, depression. Mm-hmm. And he talks about real life situations. It's, it's, a lot of the songs are based off him and his new newborn daughter and things like that. Yeah. What's your favorite song off that off that album? I really like "Dumb" and "Milk It." Those are my two favorite. Yeah, those are two good ones. Okay, so so why uh, why "Milk It"? Why is that like the the top one? You just got to hear it. You get, <laughs> how he Kurt Cobain yells. It's just like. It screams grunge to me just because it sounds like a garage band. I'll admit it, it had been a little bit since I had listened to it, and I was, I was shocked to hear, like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of forgot. Like, wow, his his vocal, like, styles, they go from, like, A to B between this album. Like, there's a lot of this crazy song where he's, like, screaming like a maniac, and then he'll go to songs like Dumb where his voice is kind of fragile and almost beautiful in a sense. You yeah, know, yeah it, go, it goes zero to 100 really quick. Yeah, it has that dynamics. Something else, and I, I'd forgotten how much when you listen to this album, this how vague Cobain's lyrics could be at times. Like, there's a lot of like, less of it's kind of poetic, but at the same time, it's like at times you're thinking like, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, I agree. Yeah. It's, it, it is one of those albums you have to dissect more and even look up to kind of figure out like some of the meanings behind it. Oh yeah. Um, what what, what do you enjoy about the album the most? I think the there's not really a dull moment on the album. Like there's slower songs, but this album just sitting through it the whole, whole way through, yeah. you just, there, there's not a part where you're like, ah, oh, I really want to like get through this. Like, like, like I met, like you were talking about Nevermind, that album starts to dip towards the end. Like something in the way is a really nice ballad, but like the songs before that, like who cares? <laughs> Honestly, but like, no, but this, is only good live. No, but this album in utero, it just, yeah, it flies. It's just good, right? It, it, it almost flies by. Like it doesn't oversell its welcome. It does what it needs to do and gets out of there. And my favorite song off this, like "Serve the Servants," the opener is a close second for me. But um, I'm gonna go with "All Apologies." I know that's not an original answer, but um, I I just think it really encapsulates kind of the whole 
it feels like a good album closer lyrically. Duffy Kirk Cobain's poses a lot of questions to it. Um, how do how do I live my life? Kind of lyrics. That's that's what I take from it at least. And again, I think just of the singles, it's probably the best one from that record. Absolutely. I just I just think it really kind of ties Nirvana in one nice little package. It's a really good representation of what they do. Cool. Yeah, I no, that song is a great way to end the album. It's just good lyrics and it good is music. classic for a reason. Yep. <laughs> so then we, our third song that we picked was Scentless Apprentice. That song is just uh, it, it's just it's just level hundred the whole way through with Kurt Cobain screaming. Yeah. It I, like just nonsense. The guitar is at full volume, just thrashing right behind ooh. it. That song is good. I, I, I remember not enjoying that song at first when I first listened to Nutero. I I kind of forgotten about that song, but like I remember the vocals were crazy. I do remember that, but I forgot how like awesome the guitar sound. They're like really thick and chunky throughout yeah. that song. It's like a really crazy thing. And then it jumps right into heart shaped box right after that. Like, are you kidding me? Like again, talk, again, we're talking about Zero to 100 in like a second. I mean, yeah, that's a good was, example there. With uh, Scentless Apprentice, it's with the guitars. I know Dave Grohl wrote the music behind it. it like, oh, he did? Yeah, first time that. like they Cobain let that go. He he added like the, the rift at the end, but then you got the the whole, yeah, Grohl wrote the, the music to it, which is pretty cool in my opinion. And all three of them got credit for the song songwriting with yeah. Noah Selleck did too. Oh wow! Yeah, I and had we, no idea. And then on top of the members, the musicianship as well. Like drumming is impeccable, of course. Um, Cobain does. I mean, his guitar play. I don't think it's ever really been something super special, but you know, right. I mean. But it, on this album, he he definitely. This was like there's the, a, the there's, best there's that more he's variants got. in there. I will. It's the say. best that he. Out of yeah. the Nirvana trilogy, um, but yeah, he's singing again just for the day. He's not the most talented singer of uh, of of this era. He really isn't. I mean, he may have been a vo- the voice of the generation, but he wasn't the best sounding voice. That being said, it's not bad though. And he, what this what the music needed, it was very good. Can we agree on who the best sounding voice was? Who are you taking, Lane Staley? Yeah, Allison Change is my favorite band. But we're talking about like the front men. I go Chris Cornell. He's so pretty good I'll, I'll agree partway on that. <laughs> yeah, on I, that point. I don't know. I think I think that him singing analysis changed. He's he's got the best sounding voice. Like, His voice is. If, if we're talking about like what defines grunge, I would probably go Lane Staley. But like as far as the talent goes, I think I goes Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell but that's a little okay deviation there. Um, but yeah, no, I I think it's really. Um, if you ask me, this album is better than Nevermind for sure. Would you guys both agree on that? Yeah, it's oftentimes taken taken for granted as it didn't sell as much as Nevermind did. It just wasn't as good according to mm-hmm. the box. I, What's up? Oh, sorry, but I I think that if you had to pick a spot to start with, if you wanted to get into grunge, start with in utero because that I, I think, wouldn't say that because really? it's not as accessible as Nevermind is or even other albums from that time. I because again, Tennis Apprentice is probably shock a lot of people who haven't really. <laughs> You know, got into this harder form of rock. So I wouldn't really give this as someone to like as a starting point. But that being said, okay, I would if you just like, well, if you like Nevermind, then listen to it. In, in. I don't do that. If you like <laughs> Nevermind, 
then listen, listen to In Utero because that's the better record quality wise. But would you say that In Utero is better? Oh yeah, absolutely. How come? Um, just everything about it. The guitar work is better. I mean, sure you don't have a uh, it smells like Teen and Spirit, but I mean, the, the I think the lyrics on this album are better. Kurt Cobain's singing is yeah. much better. Dave Grohl's drumming, even though it's always on point, this album mm-hmm. is perfect. Even the bass lines on this album are just mm-hmm. right there. This was a rock trio powerhouse. It really was. Oh, yeah. I Maybe yep. not the best rock crew ever because that is Rush and there's no debating that. I, throw muse at me all you want. It's Rush. But, but you know... <laughs> Nirvana certainly is up there among yeah. the best when it comes to rock shows. So why do you think this defines grunge better than, let's say, Nevermind? From top to bottom, it is. It's got every characteristic. It's less punk rock than uh, Nevermind is. Like you said earlier, Nevermind towards the end kind of tails off. Well, that's more quality-wise. I'm just yeah, trying to think like, we're talking about the question we posed earlier. Okay, yeah. You, go, you got songs like Scentless Apprentice, mm-hmm. Hardcore Grunge, then it goes into all or um. Heart-shaped box. Songs about, like, how his Kirk Cobain's been locked inside Courtney Love's <laughs> love for the entirety of his life. And then you got, it's just the deeper meaning behind the songs, like, all the way down until All Apologies, like you said, just wraps up Nirvana as a one band. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that completely. That's, that's it. And to me, and if we're going to go back to quality, to me, this is... Cobain's masterpiece, this record. Not Nevermind. As much as I love Bleach, it's it, it it's charming for its, you know, under budgetness. I think that almost recorded for another thousand bucks, Bleach, but then that's yeah. a uh, that's a that's that's something for another time. I think in utero encapsulates what Nirvana was. Who Kurt Cobain was. I agree with that statement right there. All right. So now we come to the end of our esteemed show. We give out our recommendations. Pretty much, this doesn't have to relate to our um, the topic we posted earlier, but this is just more or less what we've been listening to recently and what we want to give to you, fine people, our fine listeners. So we'll start with Hunter. What do you anything recommend? you've been listening to that you want to plug? Iowa, the Iowa album by Slipknot. I know that's going to offend Andrew, but it does offend me <laughs> quite <laughs> a bit. One song specifically is Skin Ticket. This is the most recent Slipknot album? No, this is uh, their second studio album. Okay, why do you want to recommend this? Forgotten About, one of their hardest records. I mean, after it came after their self-titled album. Well, I, if you ask me, all of Slipknot's career should be forgotten. Ooh. I, I, I should totally Corey Taylor's career as well. Oh, yeah, yeah but so, so hold on. So why, why, <laughs> why specifically that song? I want to know. What it, it's got the melodic to it, but it also has the Slipknot roots of the hardcore mm-hmm. new metal. You know, I don't, I don't mind Corey Taylor's. Uh, if, if, if I won't be as negative here, I don't mind Corey Taylor's lead singing, uh, like clean singing. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not crazy about the whole Cookie Monster style vocals. So that's not that kind of singing doesn't really appeal to me. But like his clean singing isn't bad. It's just like when I look at Slipknot, it's like that's just dumb. And when I look at Stone Sour, that's just boring. That's just my whole thing about it. Not right. putting down your choice. All right, Andrew, check it out. All right, Andrew, what's your recommendation so that we can attack it? <laughs> well, my recommendation is probably no less stupid, but I, I will defend it. Um, I want to something that I want to um, recommend. Uh, words, words need to come out. The Bengals. They're they had a uh, 
yeah, uh, first of all, I know the Bengals. She has to walk like Egyptian people. They actually made good music once, believe it or not. So a few years ago, they released a compilation album. It's called Ladies and Gentlemen, the Bengals. And it was really cool. They were kind of like an almost alternative style, like jangle, 80s jangle pop rock group. They were really cool. Like, really cool. Um, they, they had a song. I can't remember what's off the top of my head. Um, I'll look it up. Uh, it's like Bitchin' Summer, Speedway, something. I always forget it. Um, hey, Hunter, don't worry, because he picked the Bengals. His opinion's invalid at this point, so, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Slipknot's fine. <laughs> well, come on. Slipknot, whatever. <laughs> Slipknot's good. I, I've always enjoyed... You know, they're not the worst. They're not the worst band for that time by far. They're much worse. Trust me. Just, for, I, I just don't get Slipknot, personally. I can't deny that there's talent in that group. I, I, it's not like Limp Bizkit, where there's very few talent and the songs are terrible. I agree. Like, yeah. yeah, we got that. We, we can agree on that, at least. But, like, I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of pushing your buttons. I, I, don't, I, don't li- I don't like the music. The music does not appeal to me whatsoever. But I don't think they're straight-up terrible. I don't know that's much of a compliment. But, you know, I, I think there, are, there is some musical merit to them. But anyways, yeah, so... Th- uh, off that, off the compilation, there's a song called Bitchin' Summer slash Speedway. It's a really cool, like, Dick Dale-style, like, surf rock, bangles-inspired in- instrumental. Uh, there's, like, these really cool, like, distorted riff that they throw in there sometimes. It's a really crazy, like, two-minute instrumental. It's really cool. Uh, that, that's a song I'd recommend from there, too. Um, what's on the, How's the Air Up To? That's also, like, a really cool song as well. So this is, like, their most early recordings that they record. Some of the stuff they were... This was under when they were known as just the bangs, even. So that's what I'd recommend. It's a pretty interesting listen. All right, so my recommendation is called A Dying Machine by Tremonti. Okay. And this album, start to finish, is heavy, but Mark Tremonti's voice really, it, it it's a lot better than what it has been. So just, I'm going to take two songs off this album. The first one... The first track off the album, Bringer of War, starts out with like a really cool, like spaghetti western, like guitar, a couple ah, of guitar ah. chords. It's now Metallica starts <laughs> out their concerts. <laughs> but then, but then that song just transforms into this awesome speed metal thrash guitar riffs that that is really good. And then, Trust, I think, is one of the singles off of this album. Yeah. Is or just like a really good hard rock song, and Mark Tremonti's solos on this album are just amazing. Yo, it's 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 his solos. I haven't heard too much of his solo stuff, if I'm honest. But like, if you listen to his solo stuff, especially but especially if you go to Alter Bridge, you realize how bad Creed was for him. It really is. I'm sorry. I know that makes you upset, Elio. Elio likes Creed, by the way. I should probably point that out. <laughs> I think I think it's see, good. See, now, now Slipknot's really starting to look good in comparison here. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm maybe the dick of the, uh, of 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 the of our team. By the way, I should probably point that out to everyone. Uh, You're just throwing Creed under the bus. Yeah, man. I know. He's just attacking everyone, man. I was like, I was like, man. I, hey, no, I thought it was a recommendation. There was no need to attack Hunter over here. I'm gonna give my honest opinion of what I feel, and if I like it, I like it. If I don't like it, I'll say why I don't like it. But anyways, no. But I, I'm about to I'm about to insult it, but I'm about to con it with a compliment. Because much as I don't like Creed, Mark Tremonti is a fantastic guitarist, and he's proven to himself to be a really good singer too. And when he's paired with Miles Kennedy, when he's doing his own stuff, it really shows how much of a talent he is, and how much oh, he yeah. was hindered and dragged down by the crappy singer that is Scott Stapp. That's all I'm trying to say. It's fine. All right. So okay. See, but I see. I like that choice. I like your choice. 
I don't hate your choice. <laughs> hey, better than hating it, right? <laughs> Anyways, on that note, thank you very much for listening. Have a good day. Bye.